This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Queens of the Stone Age, Brett Jeeves playing last night out of Mona. My God, was it glorious. Didn't see Alex Johnson out there. He's going to join us this morning. Good morning, everybody. Saturdays in Tasmania. Great to have you with us. Brett, uh, Queens of the Stone Age wasn't quite your thing, was it? I know. I like the Queens. Oh, my gosh. Josh Homme, he's still got it. That's where I was last night. First gig in goodness knows how long. Um, And they just hit straight off the top. With no one knows, would you believe? And we'll keep moving here. Good morning, Alex Johnson. You've joined us first thing. Thanks for having me, Flash. I was jealous of a gig that was on last night, but it wasn't Queens at the Stone Age. It was that little one at the MCG. My goodness, I would have loved to be there. My three daughters were there, and I would have loved to have joined them too. What was on at the G? Taylor Swift. Oh, who knew? She's and, in the country. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Just wow. snuck in, snuck in, not Amazing. a lot of press. And um, no, jokes aside... What a spectacle, hey? Yes. I tell you who hasn't snuck in is your life-size photo of Tim Payne that sits on your stomach at the moment, like impressive Luca Brasi shirt, and Tim Payne looks large. Yeah, I, del- you. yeah. I deliberately put it on so I'd get that reaction from you this morning. Brent, that was, so. uh, okay, yeah. we, you, we did work on that. How was our delivery, Dave? Our delivery of? Our little... The joke, mate. Um, reasonable. Reasonable. Welcome to the show for 2024. Harrison Agents is uh, where Alex Johnson is joining us. He has joined us mm-hmm. to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Great to have you with us. Um, we've got Swegan straight in off the top to talk all things political, which has obviously hit the floor running over the last, well, two or three weeks as it's built up to a decision which Jeremy Rockcliffe has meant. By the way, we've got Craig Newitt joining us again after 9 o'clock. Jude Coleman. You'll like this. Jude Coleman's coming to talk about the Three best people. women's team uh, in cricket in the country. Um, by the way, before I forget, I reckon Froggy's going to write his first group one in seven and a half years next week, but we'll talk about that with Froggy a little bit later. Alex, big week, far out. Um, where do we start? Implications? Um, hysteria and everything in between. Yeah, it's been a fascinating week in politics. And of course, as you said, there was a lot of rumours about an early election, but of course, until they actually uh, fire the gun, you're never sure whether it's bluff or bluster. So we're off to the polls, uh, March 23, and of course, it didn't take long for the stadium to become a very prominent issue. And it was that way because the Premier has now put a cap on the amount of money he's willing to spend. Of course, it was always $375 million, million dollar contribution. But that had an asterisk on it because I think everyone would expect a project like that with so many moving parts and so much remediation and yes. so, much, so many unknowns might go a little bit higher. And the AFL was under the impression, well, if it went a little bit higher, that's the state government's responsibility. Well, now... Jeremy Rockliffe, trying to maybe neutralise it as a political issue, has said, no, not a cent more. Well, <laughs> he thinks he could turn to the private sector and say, join the party. Well, there's a lot of scepticism around that, and maybe rightly so. And why is that? And I briefly touched with you last night about it, and I'm interested um, very much in your thoughts. Well, 
where's the return on investment, I guess, for uh, any private investors? Um, Apartments. Maybe, but not at Macquarie Point, though. I mean, yeah. there's, there's not much room. You either have the stadium or you have a residential sort of area. There's not a huge footprint that you could have all of those commercial, uh, residential sort of um, options as well. So, when, I, when I whispered apartments, Alex, um, that was billed in the opening announcement that there was going to be affordable housing. And I say affordable housing through the side of my mouth with a dash of humour because affordable housing down on that side? Probably not. Um, what what does that look like? What, what What's the word on the street with regard the the little asterisks that you know put on affordable housing as part of that announcement yeah so there was part of the urban renewal it did include some new housing slightly around further um but i think it's on the premier now to explain what his plan would be to leverage that private investment i don't think it's good enough just to say oh well we'll get the rest from the private sector because people are nervous about it Mm. and the afl will be asking a lot of questions i mean i emailed the AFL during the week and they just came back with a very straight line saying that, you know, we're very pleased with how the team's going. And that's the point I'd like to make. There's two separate things going on at the moment. There's Kath McCann's work with the team and Jack Riol, which I think we all give a nine and a half, ten out of ten. Like, they're doing a superb job. They're going to unveil the jumper and the nickname on the 18th. That's in a silo from the stadium, which is a completely different kettle of fish. And has hairs on it at the moment because it is so political and so uh, unpredictable. So I think we all want to just know more of of the plan. And now by saying, well, the state government taps out at $375 million, it just puts another little hurdle up. The question is how patient would the AFL be, how willing uh, it is to reconsider timelines and things like that. Um, very interesting indeed. And then, of course, the spectre of the other stadium proposal sort of uh, is the elephant in the room and whether the state government isn't taking that very seriously at the moment, but whether that could ever change, who knows? I think because the concept 2.0 takes up half the river, does it? I mean, it would almost act as a second bridge. It gets so far um, across the river and almost to the other side. But going back to the, the 375 million capped, do you think that harms the, the Liberal push from a um, from a political perspective in, in this vote? Like, if it's capped at three seven five, what sort of stadium are we going to get? You know, it, it, do we do we now become? Uh, is it now problematic that we get this half baked stadium because you know the government won't spend enough? You know, plot twist: Rebecca White comes out and says, "Hey, no cap from us. We're going big on this thing." Well, I don't think that's oh, going to no, happen. I mean, that would be that would be um, quite the quite the the backflip, or as the Liberals would say, a backflip. No, I don't think Labor's going to do that anytime soon. Um, I don't think the Premier's saying we're going to put a cap on the total spend on the project, just the state government's contribution. I think he's saying that, you know, we can get all this money from the private sector. And maybe he's right. Maybe I'm being too sceptical. I maybe, that. maybe he's... Yeah, I mean, look, but until they sort of give you something a bit more tangible than we'll look to private sources, then I think everyone's allowed to be sceptical. Uh, the federal government won't put any more money in, I don't think, unless you know they have a massive change of heart. Um, the AFL, you know, they've put in what 15 million. I don't think they're going to put in much more than that. So, um, no, I don't think they'll downsize the project. I just think that they'll um, have to get very creative in how they find the money. 
So if the government had gone the other way and said we're not capping it and we do expect the, the common conversation is obviously that, well, we do expect a few things to blow out a bit, don't we? I mean, there's every major project that's ever happened in the, the universe. Generally, there's a tweak here and there. If he'd gone down that path, he's in a worse position, is he, than what he is now. You are damned if you do, damned if you don't, somewhat, and that seems to be the political landscape. The Greens have said it's dead. So the stories are going through now on the back of that cabinet, it's over. So the, the whole dream is, is not there. Um, as far as the AFL are concerned, and certainly my indication is that there's not a bead of sweat that's been dropped. So where are... That's, that, that's the interesting conversations you that think we... You think they'll be fine with how it's going? I believe so, yeah. How the stadium process is going? I, I don't agree with that, Flash. I think that they would be getting nervous about the lack of progress. I mean, it is... Yep. The only hurdle that's passed is the tick... To oh, I'm a, sure there's frustrations there. the tick there. to assess yeah. it. Yeah, you know? I'm sure there's frustrations was, there. Don't forget, that was a step backwards because mm. that was a process that Jeremy Rockliffe was forced into by John Tucker and Lara Alexander as part of his negotiating with them. We wouldn't be in the POS process if it wasn't for them. Now they are, you know... He's no longer in a negotiating mood with them, but he's lumbered with this process that they set the ball rolling on. No, I don't. I mean, I I don't know anyone intimately at the AFL, so I have no intel inside. But no. my gut feeling would be they would be nervous with the lack of progress. I mean, Alex, sorry, AJ. With the you mentioned pause process, I, I like that. That's a keeper term. I think we should pause process is good. Let's say let's move forward to election day. Liberals get in in a majority. Oh, and not happen. let's just sorry. Just yeah. let's go into this alternate world for well, me. Yeah. Liberals get they in. They are it. naming some big candidates. Jane Howlett, front page of the paper today. So she's in the upper house, but is going to run in the lower house. And I heard a whisper that there's a former colleague of Southern Cross of mine that might be running in Bass. This could be an SEN Tasman uh-huh. exclusive. Hang on, a former colleague of yours. Used to read the sport up there in... Michael uh, Maney. Oh, no, close. Rick Fontaine. Oh, close still. You're getting warm. You're getting warm. <laughs> Keep going, Flash. Tomorrow, warm. I just spit it out. Think about a nice flat top, beautiful haircut. Now, oh. it might be in commercial radio up there. Motorsport fiend. <laughs> Titters. He's talking all around it. I've heard Rob Fairs might be running. Oh, really? I've heard it. He's, he's the only he's the only flat top left in Launceston. Not many you were <laughs> not many bigger names in Launceston than the great. So man come back is. to my alternate world yeah. with me, where so, yeah. so they win majority. They get where the libs I know get the in, questions where libs, be, are they going to move let it? Let me out ask of, it. Okay, let sure. me ask the question because I think you're wrong. See now, now you've killed my flow. Go uh, again, son. Libs get in a majority, and then can they bring back the pause process? So now now they sit in majority. Can they scrap that? And go to major projects. I think is is where they were headed before the Alexander and um, Tucker yeah. scenario. So so can they peel that back and go? Hey, we're a majority. Uh, this now sits in major projects and kind of. Thanks so much for your time. I don't actually know the answer to that, and good, I'm not sure whether. It, good question. It is a very good question. I'm not sure whether once you've started this process in the parliament, how hard it would be to unpick it. I guess you could. I mean, a government at the end of the day can probably find a way to do anything but um whether they would want to do that or not i'm not sure but um yeah, it doesn't maybe, maybe but it would have to i think it would, it would need them getting majority you couldn't do that if they were going on 
with the support of the crossband. That would that would be a no-brainer for them if they did get majority to to classify that back to major projects. In which case, it it would speed this process process up a, an awful amount. Potentially, mm. yeah. Mm. I think that's a good question for. Uh, the Premier, when he's out next. What about the uh, the Labor position, which is still a little bit confusing. I, I, every day, almost, I feel like I'm second-guessing in terms of where they do sit. I saw a statement from uh, the opposition leader, Beck White, yesterday, which effectively still said we're against the stadium, but we're going to go and re- renegotiate. Uh, that, just on that point, do you believe that the, the opposition... Um, have that power just to step back into the Andrew Dillon's office and start again? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it all depends What's your gut on how... feel? You're a smart enough fellow, and do you think... Well, the AFL would have to deal with a new reality if there's a new government in town. Yeah. And um, how much power they have would probably be based on you know, mm. how well they go. I mean, they say they want majority, but there's a, it's a very unrealistic goal at the moment. But there is a chance that they end up getting more seats than the Liberals. That could happen. They could have a very good campaign and go past them. So, um, yeah, I mean, the AFL would have to deal with that new reality. But nothing I've seen from the AFL makes them uh, appear particularly malleable. They, yes. they drove a very hard bargain with uh, Peter Gutwin and Jeremy Rockliffe. I can't imagine <laughs> that they would now suddenly be um, the most generous organisation in the world if Rebecca White was Premier. So, um, no, I mean, she hasn't been explicit about what she would try to renegotiate. Maybe the timeline, maybe, you know, the financial contribution from the AFL. But um, I'd be very surprised if they suddenly said, oh, no, OK, we can live without a new stadium and let's play every game at uh, Utahs and uh, Blunston. I just don't... I don't see the AFL budging too no. much from that. The frustration that I feel when I... The, and I guess it's that side of the politics that we're talking about. There's such an anti-the-establishment AFL mindset, which has dictated the whole conversation from their perspective, that the stuff the AFL, you know, they've screwed us over again. And that, and that to me... And I'll, let's not pr- probably mention all the names in the background that have been pushing that theme but that that sometimes you when you go into business don't we have to accept that we are going into business and there needs to be collaboration and those types of things that that for me in this whole process the most frustrating thing is this this we hate the afl and what they're doing to us mentally which is overriding the bigger picture and everything that we're trying to achieve here yeah i understand what you're saying but i mean even um sort of neutral commentators. I heard mm. Saul Eslake, the economist, during the week. I mean, he he described what the government... Uh, what the AFL extracted out of the government in terms of a deal as excessive, you know? Like, he... You know, he... In what way? What just, was the... just a lot of hoops to jump through. You know, yep. the price of getting a team yep. is you sign the taxpayers mm. up to an enormous new stadium and, yeah, we'll put in 2%. I mean, it's a pretty lopsided... Equation. I, I'm not saying. No, 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 no. I'm You're not just saying the state government that's... shouldn't do it. No. I want to see this go ahead. I want to see the team go ahead. I think it would be a very sad day if we get a license and have to hand it back. But I'm just saying that that mm. you know, it is a big ask of the AFL, and they've and it's proven to be difficult. It's mired in politics. It's mired mm. in process. It's you know. So. Um, I'm I'm not sure where this is going to end up. Hmm. It's uh, it's messier this week than it is last week. I think. 
Hold the thoughts, Brett. We'll come back. We'll go to a little break. David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves and Alex Johnson's joined us this morning talking all things politics. Perhaps a bit too much politics. Let's stay with us. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Wherever you're listening around Tasmania, around the country, SEN Tasmania, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves on a Saturday morning, joined by our pal, our pal, that's why everyone calls my son, our pal, Alex Johnston. Fascinating week, isn't it? And look, I I, I do feel like that we're, we're all fractionally jumping at shadows across the board. Clearly, I'm far from the most with all the exclusive inside information around town. But certainly people I talk to, Alex, uh, mm. that very much know the conversation, are going with the absolute nothing to see line. And so we've got the doomsday scenarios. And I, 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 and the, I don't and think it's happening. <laughs> I don't well, think this stadium gets built. You're pessimistic, so <laughs> that's fine. When, when, that's we went to the, when we went to the break flash, I mean, I felt like, you know, that was quite a negative little contribution from me. But... I want to be able to say something of course, more positive. I want to be able to grab something, but I just haven't been given anything that fills me with confidence. I was saying last night, what I would have loved to see by now is a press conference about building a stadium at Macquarie Point with the Premier and with some sort of chief engineer who actually talks through, right, this is going to be the tough part of the project. It's going to require more funding, but we can do it and it will take this long. But... We just haven't got anywhere near that stage yet. So there's such a vacuum, and that mm. vacuum has be, is being filled by the John Tuckers of the world, by the Greens, by people that don't want to see this succeed. And for those of us, well, I'm, you know, I'd like to think I'm fairly neutral, but I want to see the team go ahead. And I know now that the AFL have, won't negotiate a deal that doesn't include the stadium, so they're therefore... I guess I want to see the stadium go ahead. Well, but hang on, on that point. See... But, but we, this, Alex, can we just stop for a second? Mm. We need the bloody stadium. The people forget, and they're like they're in this fantasy land about where it, we need the thing. This is which is I... which is why the team's not going to happen. So we're oh, we're, Brett, we're going to get to March 18, and we're going to announce team and jumper, and oh. it's going to be a magnificent day. And the work for Cap and Jack is absolute and... crap. Well, I'm, bro- it, I'm sorry. You, this I'm is fair this, this is blokes. mate. This is where I feel like it's headed. The, well, the, the election, the political uh, back and forth. It's it's at a point. It's really ugly. And and Alex, an, Al- definitely Al- ugly. Politics Alex makes this a, week. Alex makes a great point that this is clearly hinges on the stadium, and we are no further down the road on the stadium than we were 12 months ago. I mean the. The advert went out only a few weeks ago for design engineers. You know, so there's there's no consultants in, in, in place at the moment to actually go down and, and start working on the side to, to see what the requirements are. So my, my fear is that March 18 hits, we have this beautiful moment, our, our team name, our nickname, and down the road, that's all going to be taken away from us because this stadium won't happen. Or, as we spoke about off air, the AFL will have to change their tune and allow us to play out of the $160 million redeveloped Utah Stadium for an awful long time. Well, that's just, um, that's just which garbage is, talk. 
Which is the well, positive Gil, Gil for the, you can do for the north of the state. Of course, yeah, absolutely. No, so that's right. St- no, and I agree with stadiums that. Stadiums are can... happening down here. Oh, Brett. That's not going to happen. I genuinely swore then. I'll have, lunch. I'll, I'll have a lunch with him. I'll have a thousand lunch for you. Alex already owes me two, so I'm not going to bet another lunch with him, and I'm still <laughs> no, waiting for those. Yeah. You guys, honestly, you, like you, you guys... You lunch too, Flash. You just need to, just need to settle... The nut, you, you know what down a bit because <laughs> what we're in a mire at the moment with a political landslide that I, I'm so conflicted with this because as you two know I hate talking politics but I, I do like it and I hate it as well I'm a total left winger that watches all the left wingers at the moment stuff it up with, with ridiculous principles uh, you we- know and lack of vision and foresight to see what are we actually talking about here and what is this whole thing going to do for us all as Tasmanians there's so much delusion around. It does my head in. It's a nice dream. But no, no, it's going to happen, Brett. But the reality is it's gone nowhere, and it doesn't look like going anywhere Because you've got a couple soon. of misfits that have stuffed it up, that have got 15 votes, got elected into their major party, and now they've got to make a decision. And I, rock, I give, No one's giving Rockcliffe credit, but I would say he had to make a call here. He's having an election. All right, let's go to the voting box and let's all put our hands up. And who are you voting for? Excellent. So now you're with us in the in the rule. No, no, I'm, so it's no, no I'm longer this, dreams. That no, no, that it, is that is the reality. That this well, it couldn't be any messier. Sure, but let's wait and see how Tasmania decides to to vote. Alex, we asked Damon Gill last week the the, the likelihood of. March 18 rolling around. We we have this beautiful moment, and then it all crashes down at some point. You're a seasoned, grizzled local journalist with all the news. What's your feel? Well, my feel is how much does the AFL want it to succeed? And if the AFL is determined not to let it fall over, then they are powerful enough to move things around. Now, that could include lots of different things. They could help leverage the private money it needs. The other thing they could do, and I've thought this all along, a circuit breaker would be if the federal government took control of the project in conjunction with the AFL, took it away from state politics. Now, that might be unrealistic, but it needs a circuit breaker at the moment because as we've just talked out and gone round and round in circles, it is messy at a state level. So it needs some sort of circuit breaker, and I think the AFL has sort of the negotiating power to potentially do that. But that would be them putting their neck on the line. And up until this point, they've basically said, well, this is our contribution, you guys do the rest. So the AFL, I think the AFL have to address the reality soon. They can't just keep saying, this is our this is our um, uh, contract, this is what we want, it, it has to be a 23,000 seat yep. stadium, right? They need to start answering specific questions about what ifs because yeah okay the hypotheticals mm. but they're very important hypotheticals and I think that footy fans deserve answers on exactly where the AFL's head's at given the political reality of the situation. All right we're going to go to the news and we'll keep chatting a little bit longer David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves Alex Johnson with you this morning talking too much negative crap. That's very much symbolic, Ethan Clark, about all we're looking for down here is another brick in the wall of the stadium. And I think it's um, it's going to be okay, boys. Alex Johnson has joined us this morning. 
the most, I'm going to say, and I've said this to Alex first time 14 years ago, and I remember the conversation we had in about 2010, that your ability to push aside emotion in these things and not stand with the left or right side or whatever it is, is outstanding. And I will give you enormous credit for that. I'm sure you Thanks, agree mate. with me. Cheers. Not talking to you. Huh. You're I thought you were... Purely emotionally driven. I was talking um, So, good on you. And I'm loving what you're talking about, although I think you've just treading on a few, you know, pins that perhaps jolted your nerves a little bit. But I respect all what you're saying. <laughs> Backhand compliments. I'm, sure I'm not sure how I respond to that. I'm not well, sure how I respond to that. Well, That's the toughest question to answer compliment. since I was at... Yep. I'd say calm the farm a little bit would be what I'm perhaps thinking, but maybe my information and everything I've had is no, no, absolutely. But maybe my information is cor- incorrect, and I okay. look like a cheerleader and all that no, sort no, of thing. No, no, I'm putting it back on you. What, yeah. These people you're talking to yes. are just not dropping a bead of sweat. What is no. that based? What is that based on? Well, the, the confidence is, is the process is much further down the track than the public would think, and I think that's half the problem. Your conversation about getting out there with an engineer is exactly right. And I don't think the... And it started with, you know, Peter Gutwin, who I love dearly, what a great... But I don't think they got that right from the start. The, the, the processes wasn't opened up to the public, so there's a bit more of a, oh, that's, what ha- that's what's happening, thought. So when you say the process is more, um, more down, down the track, track than, than people think, what do you mean by that? Well, I think, there, I think there's more steps that have been taken that that we're perhaps not aware of. And there is that, work at Macquarie Point that's been happening, but yep. it's, it's, it's very much in the planning process and not the doing uh, but, process. But, you know, we're in a position now. I'm reading articles in The Australian yesterday by just a, a, a fellow on Twitter called Roland Brown. And he, he, he has no say in this whole process. But Mr Brown, who's clearly, a, and I don't know Mr Brown, he's a fellow I see every day bob up on my Twitter, mm. um, and you'll know more about him than me, but he... His basis of his negative towards the stadium was the basis of a half-page article in the Australian. I'm reading this thinking, what's Mr Brown's thoughts got to do with this whole thing? And I think we've seen a lot of... Do you know what I mean? You, you know Ms. Roland Brown? I'm yeah, doing? well, in a lot of ways, Roland Brown is a national hero. He um, uh, was ahead of the curb on gun reform. We love that. And uh, we should have listened to Roland Brown yes. a long, long time ago. On the stadium... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I agree with him, but uh, yeah, I mean he's just a, he's it's one of the people. Opinion. He's one of the critics, yeah. Uh, so, but his opinion but that is driving my question, Flash. No, like, no, I understand. I just, I guess, well, I think we're surrounded by a lot of hysteria at the well, moment. We are, but I mean that's that's the mm. reality of it. Yeah, that's the reality of it. And people like Roland Brown influence people in Tasmania's upper house, and they influence people that yeah. could potentially be in the balance of the power mm. after March 23. When we get the election result, I mean, the political reality is a mess. Mm. And look, the AFL is not going to come out now and do anything before March 23, I wouldn't have thought, would they? I mean, they're going to... Well, they're going to talk up the team. I mean, that's the timing of that is interesting because... Sorry, March 23, is it? Not 18. No, 18 the team announcement, 23 is the election. So it's quite... So March 18, obviously, yeah, that'll, board, be, yeah. that'll be a fantastic day. And like I said before, that is a completely... Yes. No, separate issue to the stadium, and that's why linking the two is it is it though, Alex? I mean, that, and don't, don't they walk side by side in terms yeah, of the the team no, getting I, off I the get ground? What you're oh, I mean, yes, but what I'm saying is, 
Kath McCann's not in charge of no, getting right. the stadium ready. Yeah. That's not yeah, her yeah, job yeah. to do. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. Jack Rewell can't get out there with a yeah, shovel know, a, and pick a and digger and you yeah, know, he could. Well, he might have to. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. With the budgets, maybe weird. that's it. Once what? you turn the sod, there's no going back. <laughs> now, listen. What, just that. before we let you go, <laughs> maybe we do it this morning. What about the importance <laughs> of David O'Byrne's position in all of this? Is, well, the one, is that? Can you can you give me a bit of a snapshot? Well, of, you finally asked a question I can answer, Flash. That's Friday. great. Um, he is pro stadium. We know that. I think he's almost guaranteed to get elected in Franklin. I see the ceiling for the Libs 16 seats. Yes. They need 18 for majority. Make David O'Byrne 17. sports minister in your next government. You've got 17. <laughs> yeah, who's 18? Then you've no. got to find, oh, I don't know. You could someone Jackie Lambie might get elected. You might be able to bribe. She's anti the state. Jackie might be able to bribe them with a think... steak dinner or something. I'm not. I'm not please, if you do, think I'm being serious, I'm, I'm absolutely you, not. Do you like, think Jackie's spendable in that regard? Do you think she's got room to? Well, she is more than the Greens. Like, sorry, yeah. that was a, that was a very flippant joke aside. And I take I take that back. It was very but, funny though. But um, she is very much more uh, open minded, I think, than the Greens would be. So if you were looking to negotiate, you might hope that Lambie gets the seventh seat in lines rather than the Greens. Yes. If if I'm right and the Liberals get somewhere close to majority, You've got them at 16, or I've that's got, a ceiling. I, I think their ceiling is 16 at the moment. But yes. the campaign will change things and candidates will change things and Fairsy might change things. I mean, my phone's been blowing up since I dropped that little bit of news. I mean, I'm sorry if I've broken someone's embargo, but anyway, it's very exciting. I couldn't <laughs> keep it to myself. Um, so Terrific. there's a lot of water to go under the bridge between now yeah. and... But, but, yeah, David O'Byrne is a very important part of the sure. puzzle. And, look, he might be an important person to actually try and bring warring parties together here. Yes. You know, because, of course, all his um, friendships are on the left of politics and has great contacts in the federal government. And great relationships there. Maybe he is an important part of getting this back on track because... Of all the people who have talked about the stadium process in a in a realistic way, yeah, uh, I think David O'Byrne's been one of the most moderate voices. And to let you go in thirty seconds, what's your gut feel? Who's Tasmania voting for? How they're going? How they're going to vote? I think they're looking very closely at the next few weeks to see who behaves well. I think people want uh, the adults to be in charge, and at, you know, at the moment, it hasn't emerged quite who the adults sure. are yet. So. Um, <laughs> It'll be a very interesting few weeks. Very interesting. Terrific radio. And there's nobody we'd like to um, chew the fat with more about these topics. The most plugged-in person in politics here, Alex Johnson. Thanks for joining us, mate. Good man. Have a good morning, boys. And I hope you get to talk about something other than politics. Well, that's right. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Can we all just get along? Can we all just get along? Joy and prosperity is what life's all about. Oh, that's, that's perfect. That's a really uplifting tune to get us rolling in the second Well, month. can we all just get along, David? That's the That was the well, key message I've, there. Well, my role in my life is for you, Brett, is to keep things optimistic. Oh, and it, that's what I will continue to do around you, can, you, my good friend. You can see it, though. Like, it's, it's all right to deal in dreams and butterflies and oh, fluffy no, white clouds, but at, at, at earth level... Yep. It's, uh, it feels and, and looks Hold tenuous. It's, uh, Hold it's, your nerve. Mm. Yeah, look, it's, it's clearly a big, it's a big topic and it's a big discussion point at the moment. And um, 
Yes, that frustrates me no end, but that's the political landscape we live in, and it's a funny place, Tasmania. My gosh, we're, um, yeah, God, left and the right, the right and the left, and we, we, we hold our ground, we barrack for that mob or that mob. And, it sounded like a paradiddle. You know, you know the, the drum, right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, any drummers out there will certainly... They'll be You're on the board only with me. Here. With um, look, Flash. I mean, you know, we we spoke just a moment ago there off air around um, you know, the the potential of Blunston be, becoming oh, the, the, the the key. There's talk now, and 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 all these little bits and pieces will shift. And I, I didn't mind your point earlier around. You know, you mentioned Roland Brown, which was quite humorous because it was pretty. Well, obscure. I'm sure it was he's lovely to Roland. I'm not bringing him to a no, bit. no, no, but no. His opinions are dictating what I'm reading in the Australian. Yeah, I'm well, thinking, and what? And that's where all these opinions are kind of, of dictating of the narrative, the media and social media, and then that's kind of the, the, the modern world. But it's, at some point, uh, yeah, Alex is, is outstanding to chat to, not just because he's unbelievably funny. And if you are looking for a comedy act every Thursday, I think, at the Salty Dog, is that yeah. right? Alex is still here? Three o'clock? Thursday. Every third Thursday of the month down at the Salty Dog, Alex Johnson will, will make you laugh. But... You you know you 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 whacked Alex as well, but he is grounded and he stays oh, totally. he stays calm um, and and his his opinions are great. But in, importantly, I think what I took from Alex's view was that, that there will need to be some shift from the AFL somewhere along the way to to help this along because if it is left to the to the state political system. Um, this time next year, we're going to be still looking for an engineer, design consultant, and there will be some process that that will unearth itself that we won't be able to jump over. Um, and it just it feels ugly, David. So I mean, we're, we're kind of flipping in circles, but it was great to chat with Alex uh, to to get his you know his views on it all and um, and and to know that, well, that, uh, that you live with your head in the clouds. Uh, sure. Well, I think you know that's my um, back to the thing I asked Alex about 20 minutes ago about with Beck White's position the Labor Party oh no we're going to renegotiate see I don't I don't believe that to be I can't honest. see I can't it, see that happening it is it is in line with what Alex is saying in that there there will need to be some shifting I think from the AFL to to help this process along the way so and, and massaging and, perhaps well, yes and Alex's point around mm. you know removing this from state to federal or helping don't with mind it. Helping, yeah. uh, helping with uh, the additional finance, you know, somewhere via a corporate or commercial, you know, whatever that is. So, they they will need to get involved somewhere along the way, and yes. and, and maybe that's the renegotiation. So. Can Labor or Liberal or the Greens or Jackie Lammy sit with Andrew Dillon and renegotiate that contract? I don't think that's going to happen, but they can certainly request support in areas to 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 help. Um, yeah, and the. The scariest thing for me is that obviously this trigger date of completion for this stadium, and if we, we don't have the stadium built to a certain uh, percentage, then we're, we're forking over money to the AFL, uh, and that is going to be problematic and seems inevitable that, that the state government will be giving um, the, the, the big dogs at AFL House a large chunk of money. Texas come through. Good morning, Flash, Alex, and negative Nelly Jeeves. Technically, there's this will be my dad. <laughs> there's two, what's it, st- two something in conversation. Can't read that. Hypothetically, who's stopping the Liberals from pivoting to 2.0 if they win the election? Does David Bur- David O'Byrne become the linchpin in all of this? 
Flash from Latrobe. Oh, the great I th- Flash. I think when I think David O'Byrne does become the linchpin in all of this, and I think I'm really interested to see where he pivots. Is there a pot? You talked about liberal majority, which I think is probably pie in the sky. It was but an maybe, alternative world. Maybe, I mean, oh, maybe, you know. just maybe, does the Tasmanian public come out and say, no, we bloody want this team in state, and we're going to vote, and I, I'm never going to promote someone to vote liberal in my life, probably until right at this moment, because I think that's the only... The pathway that I can see is quite secure. I hate talking about voting. It's, pro- it's probably the as you know, probably the one question that we we should have asked Could, Alex is, is is this is this election based on the stadium and the team? You know, largely. Oh, you know, and Alex, Alex is, is shaking his head. That's a it's a no from Alex. That's not the the, the largest the part of the topic. Play. It obviously will play a part. Mm. Mm. Fascinating, really, mm. isn't it? Mm. Oh well, we'll uh, we'll keep soldiering on with it. It's it's a big month. It's gonna feel like it's dragging on forever and ever. We're gonna might find five minutes to talk about a bit of sport here. Would yeah, be a yeah, nice we will. But before we, we 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 do get to another break, I I reckon we're we're six to eight months off um, confirming the, the the Paul Lennon scenario of this of this two point stadium, um, and and having. Excuse me, and having them jump through the environmental hurdles that, that come with uh, with that particular concept, um, it does take up a large portion of the river. Um, it does. <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I've got a real frog in my throat here. Um, there, there, there are there are hurdles, obviously, and challenges yeah. with that. You know, that, that are similarly in, in line with the with the state political setup. So. But it would it would alleviate and remove the the, the, the state scenario, and which which seems to be just two weeks ago. I would have said to you, two point is just forget about it. It's not even a conversation. This whole thing. But I do agree with you. I think it's come back into the picture a little mm. bit. And when I start hearing rich, wealthy people around town tell me about how good it is, well, there's a reason <laughs> they're doing that because they perhaps would like to um, tip, tip, tip a few dollars in, and that and. Fantastic. I'm never, there's no issues with me, that's for sure, in investors that want to tip their money in. And guess what? If you earn some money on the back of that, fantastic. Well, Thanks for your contribution. Yeah. Because this is bloody great. And what we're going to achieve here is, you know, it's just, you know. I love I love the the term affordable housing being used down at Macquarie well, Point was... there. Yeah, we're going to build and, and support affordable housing. Not at Macquarie Point directly. Yeah, we're going to build high-end apartments. But... The flow-on will see an opening of affordable housing down the line somewhere, um, which I think is very, very crafty in terms of the messaging from, from governments and key people. We do need to get to a break here, Dave. Just one more message coming in. I'm just tuned in to SEN Tassie. I thought I was listening to Jim Whiteley and Laurie Oaks on the old Sunday program, Don't Let the Boys Be Negative with Go Flashman. So getting a small bit of support, this old cheerleader here, David Lithgow. From the Dreamers, and and it's the Dreamers that text in. It's terrific. Keep dreaming. (laughs) Come back after the break. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Shoot us a text, 0437 Brett Jeeves, you can change as well, brother. Here's a no-name text coming, guys. I think people are offside because the government has just said that, that the stadium, this is where it's going to be and nothing else. 2.0 has all the details available 
and has and has worked with affected parties and will answer anyone's questions. So, no name saying they're a little bit more transparent, perhaps, Brett, which is probably a fair call. You know, the, the, the Liberal Party stuffed this up from the start. I will say this. You know, when they rolled it out with the great Peter Gutman, who we love and admire greatly... I don't, they didn't get it right on day one, by the way. Well, they they, they were just in majority. Didn't right. They almost didn't have to get it right. Major projects it's going through. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah, but I like um, everyone else is. You're out of the loop because we don't need you in the loop. We got John Tucker and uh, Laura. Laura Alexander. Tucker and Alexander. We, we got Tucker's him. daughter. Tucker, yeah. But uh, and then they didn't have him, and now here we are. Well, will Johnny vote? Tucker be still in politics in a few weeks' time? I have no will he get voted? I'm opinion? not sure. I mean, I think both of them were countback votes from people that fell over, weren't they? Is, is that Ethan, how they can we have Tucker's yeah. daughter, please, from no, here Moss to kick us off to the next segment, which is going to include the great Craig Froggy Newitt. Speaking of great Tasmanians, he is one of the best. Coming up after the 9 o'clock news. Stay with us, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Johnny Tucker's daughter, magnificent in Moss when he went solo. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you here on a Saturday morning. Great first out, taken up a lot by Alex Johnson with some political conversations about where we're heading with our footy team, in particular our stadium. Um, something much more organic now to talk about is Tasmania's greatest ever rider, Craig Froggy Newitt, has joined us ahead of a big day at Flemington today, Lonnie Cup in a few days' time, and what I think is going to be potentially his first Group 1 in a fairly long period of time, next Saturday or Saturday week. Good morning to you, Froggy. Morning, guys. Great to have you with us today, mate. Uh, off to Flemington. I've got to say, it really warms my cockles every time that I see when I look up at the, the form guide and I see in the race two today, see Newitt and your old your old master, Mick Price. That must be still really joyful to to ride for Mick from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. He um, obviously he's been a great supporter the whole way through, and the list of jockeys riding for him is getting longer and longer by the year. So I keep uh, I keep chipping away, and uh, yeah, he throws me a bone every now and then, which is good. And, and and look, you guys had so much success together. I mean, think of your thirty-three or four Group Ones. I think half of them with Mick. I reckon. I mean, I could probably nearly name them, but what I feel like sixteen or seventeen. With with the great man, there's some incredible history there with Mick. Yeah, spot on, mate. Seventeen, I think it is. There you so go. It, um, I think uh, I think the the closest um, rider for the amount of Group Ones is Ollie, and I think Ollie. he's only ridden three or four for him. So I think uh, I think fingers crossed. Um, hopefully, there's a few more to come. But yeah, I think by the time the old boys finish, I'll, I'll probably be the most successful rider for him, which um, which I'm pretty proud of. Uh, in race two, that's the that's the one today. Our Boris, um, you got a, you got plenty of weight uh, that you're gonna have to tack onto your backside with sixty one and a half kilos. Um, certainly, form wise, re- reads really well. 
if uh, if he's as good as I think he is, he'll win. Um, I think he's, he's he's very promising. Um, yes, I got on him last preparation. Just through, uh, he needed uh, he needed a bit of sanding over. He, he, he wasn't so much cultish, but I don't think he was a hundred percent genuine. Um, so I got on him uh, a couple of starts ago, and he ran uh, he ran really well. Um, I mean, he, he grass run. He's only got to run up to that. He, he'll beat these and beat these easy. I mean, he, he got beaten a photo finish at the cylinder. Um, Someone that goes around a genuine chance in a lot and stake later in the day. So his first trial back this preparation uh, was was fair. Um, he has come back a lot heavier um, being a colt, so it's just taken him a little bit longer to get get uh, ready. So his first trial was only fair. His second one was only fair as well. Um, and I said to Mick, I said we because we were going to run him last week in Sydney. I said he probably needs another one. And a bit of a liven up, and I wrapped one around his tail in the jump out, and he took off. So I think he, his first couple of trials, he was probably just having a limiting. So he's a type of horse. I think um, he's going to bang out. Why he's in front, he's very genuine, but when he's in behind, he's, he's a bit of a uh, enigma. So he'll spear out, he'll bowl along in front, and I, I'd be surprised if they run him down. To be honest, I mentioned about. Um about that potential Group 1. and uh, Look, I haven't seen the nominations yet, of course, but for the Oakley Plate, um, the one you've had a terrific record since coming across from South Australian, Sharipa. Uh, he, he, is he going to run next Saturday? He's running, mate. Um, he'll definitely be there. I'll definitely be riding him. Um, How do you feel about that? He, uh, he had a little break between his last run and the Oakley Plate. He had a little tune-up trial last week um he won by i would say seven or eight lengths um <laughs> i wasn't on him but he uh, he he looked to to the eye to trial very good so it looks a very even oakley plate this year i think king's gambit a score i think they sit up the top of the betting um and then he's next one so he, he looks like he's going to be a great chance and then potential, I guess, with a reasonably light weight to to head a couple of weeks later to Flemington down the straight. Would that be for the new market, which have won won three of them previously? Won four. Don't don't don't. Excuse don't, me. Don't take any off me, mate. Don't take any off me. How am I going? Bloody out of the wind. But um, I would say so. He um, he's qualified. He's, he's exempt ballot ballot from both races. So. He won the ballot free race at Caulfield, and then his win down the straight was ballot free to the new market. So, I would presume they would progress that way, providing he runs wins or runs really well in the Oakley Plate. Um, I think the new market's going to be a to- total, totally uh, different race to what the Oakley Plate's going to be. I think you're going to have some serious horses in the new market, which you always do. Um, but I think he's one of those himself. No question about that. What did you make about the Hobart Cup the other day? I looked at uh, the form, and, and my query was always going to be with Ashy Boy: Was you just can you can you run out a strong twenty four hundred? And is, that appears to be how it sort of panned out. Is that fair to say? Spot on, mate. He, uh, I think the two thousand, the twenty one hundred, yep. right in his wheel, wheel out. I think the twenty four different. Different when you're um, racing lesser opposition, but now he's at that stage where he's got to race the old season C 
seasoned um, mile and a half is. Um, I think it does find him out a little bit, but he'll take his place in the in the Launceston Cup, um, and I'm sure he's going to be he's going to be in the finish somewhere. And um, I think the uh, the Lonnie Cup's probably going to be nearly the exact same field as the Hobart Cup, so it's very hard to see him turning the tables on the winner. Uh, I would think he'd probably get another kilo, kilo and a half, but I wouldn't think that would stop him. Froggy, we were chatting last week. It was a bit of a debate around the, the, the social scenes of Hobart versus Launceston Cup. Do the, do the jockeys engage in a, in a, in a little aftertaster? Um, yeah, they, they, they normally do, a few of the boys. They, um, they, they like to have a blowout, but I, uh, I won't be. Uh, I'm not much of a drinker, to be honest, but um, my, my days of party in a sort of in the past. No good how how many kids? Five. There's no good waking up with a hangover with five kids chomping at no, you. No, no, that, that is not going to work. I was looking at some stats. Are, are you across the fact that you've had 13,080 starts? That's I, a lot. I, I, that... figured I'd had, uh, I figured I'd had somewhere up along there. I, I don't know the exact amount of winners that I've had, but... 1535. Um, if you're wondering, that's what. Well, that's no, right. no, that's missing a few. Right, I reckon he's up. Uh, he's about 22, 22. Is that right? So this, over, the stats I have here are out. Well over 2,000. Right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. So, Mate, so I mean, in, tell me I've only had that. Maybe I've had 15,000 rods. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say the the profile I'm looking <laughs> at here is giving me giving me uh, bad mail, as they say in your industry. Um, in terms of your longevity, mate, where, where are you at? Are you still feeling lively and spry and, and, and like you can carry on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, I think being back in Victoria sort of sort of uh, you're always you're always a, an opportunity of getting on a good horse. So it makes it um, makes the morning sort of easier to uh, to get up and, and proceed. And I mean, I, I ride most days anyway at the races, so. Yeah, like I said, you're always in Victoria because you race every day. You're always a chance of finding a nice horse, so it makes it uh, makes it uh, a lot easier. Well, Brett, just to put it in perspective, um, Froggy, and I think I mentioned this last time when we talked to you over the spring. It's now about, and I, I'm sorry to give you these negative vibes here, Craig, but seven years and let's go four months since his last Group One. And I yep. reckon you've had twenty placings, Group One placings in that time, and that'd be fair to say, yep. wouldn't thereabouts? Yep. yep. About twenty, yeah, give or take. Um, this is the autumn, mate. This is the autumn for you to break that hoodoo. And you know what? I the celebration from you would be. I, I hope you get fined. Put it that way, and I expect you to get fined when it does happen because it's going to happen, isn't it? You, there's no. Well, I can guarantee you, mate. There will be a fine if it does happen. Um, Providing the margin's bigger than than a pimple, but um, I mean it. Yeah, it, it it was frustrating last year to to come so close on a, on a number of occasions. But I mean, as long as you uh, as long as you're giving them every hope, there's, there's not much you can do. You, uh, you if the horse turns up, he'll uh, he'll be a great chance. What's 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 the fine, Craig? Explain that to me. So if you celebrate early, you you cop a whack. Yeah, if it's before the finish line, and it doesn't right. matter whether it's a millimetre okay. or 300 <laughs> metres. Um, okay. It, it, the further from the winning post, I think, the, the bigger the fine. But um, 
<laughs> I think it's uh, it's it's more or less just be, because our industry's um, punter based. If if you you salute and the horse suddenly ducks sideways or something like that and you fall off it, then I yep. think it's just to deter those. But um, I mean, there's not there's not many Group Ones go by that you um you don't see the the winner um, give a little something. What's what's the biggest fine you've you've encountered? Oh, I don't exactly know. Or there's there's been there's been some beauties. Um, I reckon maybe two grand might have been mine. Okay. Yeah. Two grand might have been mine, but um, yeah, there's been there's been some crackers. Uh, I remember <laughs> the the bet the or it's not the best one. She um saluted in the Stradbroke Lisa Crop. She saluted maybe ten strides from the line. One, she got rolled. She, she, sat, she stopped riding it. She saluted, got beat. Oh, no. And two, she saluted that bad. She knocked half the field over. So she ended up getting, she ended up getting a month and ten grand. She didn't even win the race. I <laughs> didn't win. <laughs> Thoughts are with Lisa this morning. Yeah. Hey, listen, Froggy, I know you're a great Tigers man. Um, and yep. you've lived out of Tassie for a long time, albeit you're, you're home regularly. You know, I'm sure the... The five kids sort of can get back occasionally when you can. When you think of a young bloke sort of growing up in that Delarame Westbury area, um, and the the likelihood now we're going to have a a team to barrack for down here, a footy team, the men's and women's, we're going to have our own team. As an uh, expat Tasmanian, that's very much a a Tasmanian. Every day you wake up when you when you take your first breath in the morning, mate. What does that mean to you? The thought of this happening down the track. Oh, it's outstanding. And don't worry, I'll jump ship. I'll be quick to jump ship. I'll jump ship on the on the jack jumpers very quick, and look how they're going. But um, mate, I'll always be a Tasmanian. So if, uh, it doesn't matter if they got a footy team, a basketball team, a ping pong team. I'll be uh, I'll be Tasmanian through and through. It, it is something too that, um, and our good pal Jack Prevelt talks about this all the time about there's something special about being a Tasmanian when you're on the on the mainland and people know it and they prick their ears when they talk to you a bit, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's great for the island. Obviously, there's there's been a lot of lot of good footballers come out of there. Probably Jack being one of the main ones. So. Um, yeah, it's um, nice to think that, that we're not far away now of having our own team, and I'm sure they'll, um, they'll, they'll, they'll go really well. 2,287, by the way, is the number I've got for Craig's current winners. Uh, we look forward to you maybe adding one at the, the home today at Flemington, but my eyes uh, are heading towards next weekend, mate, and good luck to you, and I... I can't wait to see it when it happens when you break your your long drought in the Group 1s. Good luck, pal. Thanks, mate. Craig Froggy Newest joining us with his time this morning. What a what a fabulous... Oh, he's all, he's all, all, <coughs> excuse me, I'm having a nightmare this morning. Always a great chat, isn't he? So, yep. uh, so vibrant. He is. Uh, which is terrific. And, and to have uh, the... Uh, the profile I was reading was clearly um, established in 2004 by the sounds of it. But um, that, that's an unbelievably long Amazing. career. Um, and, and it yeah. sounds like he's got plenty in him. So, yeah, hopefully, like you said, this is his autumn. David Lithgow, Brett Jeeves with you this morning, coming to you live from Harrison Agents here in Salamanca. It's a beautiful morning, not a breath of wind. Stay with us for the next 40 minutes. Before too long. The one that you're loving, the wish that he never met you.
Hey Brett, good day's Shield Cricket yesterday. The Tigers, as we know, um, on top of the ladder, three games to go, all at home. They were 7 for 100 yesterday, Tasmania, on a bit of a seamer, but they would play some cricket shots I think most of them would like to have back. Got four for, they had them four for 60, now four for 118, a good, a good partnership blossoming with Jaden Goodwin, son of Murray. He played a bit against Murray, wasn't he? Good player. Uh, Murray was brutal on anything short. I was lucky enough to uh, go on some Masters tours He's with Murray. Boys, well. he? He's a ripper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great likes human him. being. Yeah. Hilton Cartwright's there, not at 22. So it's a huge game because Tazia, effectively a full game in front of Western Australia, seven points, which is basically a, a win behind. So WA playing for their lives. All the games right across the country are, are absolutely nip and tuck. It's been a good year of Shield cricket. It's very even. Yeah, I've got to say the. Uh, I mean, I've I've got to give Brad Hope his flowers. I think before Christmas we spoke. Um, that was halfway through a Shield game, and he he hadn't started the year well at no. all. He'd been poor with the ball and and looked jumpy with the bat. Um, and and since we kind of called that out, he's he's been very good. He's you been, called that out. Well. It, I did call it out. The very next day, he took three for 25 in second innings. <laughs> he did. Six uh, wickets and in he's, Yeah, and he's, he's completely turned his season around. But certainly at that point in time, he, he was... He looks a better, he was the he? Yeah, he, he was the guy that if you were going to make a that's shift... Right. No, that's fair. You, uh, he, he was on the outer. But yeah, credit to him. He's, he's really turned his, uh, turned his shield season around and um, contributing bits and pieces with the bat and, um, you know, he's, he's capable with the ball as well. And this this bowling attack, and we spoke to Billy Stanlake last week, I was sad that that, that Billy isn't playing again. Um, got, you know, I guess we have to understand that from an injury perspective, Correct. you've got to look after him a little and, bit. And it was a like for a like. Meredith can sort of come in and, and he bowled beautifully. Well, so. I think your, you know, your best team has Meredith and Stanlake. Is it, is it Meredith, Stanlake Both. and Bell? Yeah. It's a good attack, isn't oh, it? Give me that sweet pace, supported by Owen, Hope and, and Webster and Freeman. I mean, that's an unbelievable attack. It You've is got a great attack. balance. I love speed is king. It, it can go against you sometimes, yeah, um, you know, if, if, if the quicks don't quite, quite get it right. But I think if Meredith and Stanlake are, are at, you know, can execute at 75%, they're going to bowl enough balls to take um, 20 wickets in a shield game. You saw with yesterday, he, he had uh, Bancroft probably at LB in the first over. Um, just raw pace. He hit Goodwin on the point of the elbow. Um, just absolute brutal pace. We haven't seen Riley in a shield game for 12 months. Mm. And he's, you know, he's had he's had so many injuries, but gee, what was you get the good, fast outswing at almost 150 clicks an hour. Well, and, and he's that fast. That's the his airspeed proper. You know, kind of offset. You have Stanlake. You know, you, you've you, you've constantly, particularly, you know, I envisage home final at Bell Reeve, and you've got Meredith Stanlake rotating from the top down here with the wind. Yeah, you know, that's. Complimented by Bell from the bottom, um, you know. Steady. Way back in at the top for the yeah, it's gonna be, yeah. The, the maybe Weatherald, maybe. They're gonna, the, there's no Weatherald. Well, but. unfortunately, the rally is as Ward and Jewel both really, have, yeah, that really is true. struggling. Yeah, that's, so it's a good there, point. That's a good point. Let's hope that, um, in particular, Carla is such a good player. But he's having a tough year with the red ball, and um, 
you know, he'll bounce back, I'm, I'm sure. Before we get to the break, we had a text from Martin in Claremont who suggested, and it's a good suggestion, Alex Carey chose cricket over football, of course, drafted oh, yes. to GWS. Thank you, Martin. And, yes. Uh, chose cricket. Alex Keith is another one who he chose did. cricket over footy. Should yeah. never have chose cricket over Williams, footy. William Sutherland. He was a decent footballer. He's a very good footballer. So the point I was making is locally. There are, you know, the, the, the Tasmanians that choose uh, cricket over footy are almost non-existent. Who were who who going to be drafted? You could say George Bailey, Tim Payne, not now, getting drafted. Now, you were talking Never. about um, someone we love dearly, Benny Beams' son, who... Jake Beams is killing him. So he's yeah. a cricketer and footballer, mm. and he was a really good cricketer. But he, he's he's probably choosing footy. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, How ja- Jake's an interesting one. So he's playing... He's killing him for Wellington. He's 14, plays in the under-14s. I think he's good enough to be able to be playing... You know, at that under eighteen level and, and testing himself. I mean, yes. if he if he wanted to choose the the, the cricket pathway, um, it, it's it would be there for him. Technically gifted, great hand eye, um, has all the shots and bowls, really good pace for his Does age, he? great levers. Yeah, he's an athlete. Um, but yeah, you know, and there's another kid, Max Gulliver, who was with Glenorchy, went to Wellington. So Jason's son. I think so, yeah. And he could play for the early days. Max mate. Gulliver Oof. is one of the best junior cricketers I've ever seen. But my understanding is that they're liking their footy, that they, they want to go down that path, and so cricket's a, a bit of fun for them. So, you know, a couple of current examples of young kids, you know, and that, that, that well within their rights Claremont to make boy, those choices. Jason Gulliver, wasn't he? Was it? I think but he played yep, some footy at Unders. I remember watching mm. him as a kid. He had, my gosh, hops... Athletic ability. Yeah. So, I mean, there you know, a ca- couple, couple of live examples of, mm. and, and there are many more out there as well that are, you know, kind of looking at, at cricket as the social, we'll go and have a, a giggle, and, and yes. 40 years out, well, let's have a crack, train three or four nights a week. Um, but a young fellow, Lucas Camerick, got picked in a, you know, for Glenorchy in Another a first grade game. First grade game, yeah, absolutely. Um, and did his hamstring during the week at footy training. Wow. With a, you know, a, First grade game for cricket this weekend. So they're the they're the challenges that, that that cricket face is that there's this demand in in young athletes who like their footy to be engaged in full pre seasons at at that really young age, which obviously has an impact on their ability to chase. You hate the people as well. talking about pre seasons and dietary needs of teenagers and all the things for under six. Anyone under the age of fifteen, I do. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, you've got to be. You know, I think there needs to be a bit of freedom for kids to do it all. But I probably agree with you. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I certainly understand that. You know, that footy is a bit different, and you know that it's it's always been that way. Of course, jewel in the crowd. Yeah, and that's why Brett, just stay with us here, son. It's not we're we're fine, and it's going to be the greatest thing that you and I have experienced in our lives well, when this so. footy team happens. I hope so. Stay the course, young man. Duke Coleman's coming up. They want to talk about success. Ooh. Going for three in a row, mm. the Tasmanian women's cricket, cricket team, fabulous. We can talk to Jude after the break. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Great to have you with us on a Saturday morning. We're going to continue to talk a bit of cricket. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about dynasties. When do we call a dynasty a dynasty, Brett Jeeves? Well, the Tasmanian Tigers women's team are on the verge of it. A grand final booked in against the Queensland Fire in a week's time. And Jude Coleman's joined us. Good morning, Jude. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you for having me. Good on you, mate. Really appreciate your time. Um, firstly, um, we got to keep a lid on. You've got to win a game first. But congratulations to, to for the for the girls making the team. A fabulous effort. Yeah, it's it's really amazing um, what they've achieved throughout the season. And yeah, we, we have to win one one more. But really, win or loss, they've achieved some amazing things to make three finals in a row, let alone home finals. A different opposition this time. Um, interesting enough, actually, the the Queensland Fire are playing again today, of course, in what I guess what's a dead rubber against WA now because they're already booked to uh, make the trip to Blunston next Saturday. Yeah, it is a dead rubber. I'll be interested to see if they get, get on up in Queensland. They had nearly 200 mils of rain last night, so... You'd nearly not want to, wouldn't you? If you were the five girls, you'd be thinking, let's just keep our powder dry a bit here. Yeah, more than likely. Although the rumours are that uh, they'll lose three of their big-name players to go to the WPL. So I'm sure there's some girls who haven't played much cricket who'd like to, to get a game in before the final, if that is true. Jude, Flash says dynasty. When I say dynasty, what do you say? Um... Yeah, as in, how do I pronounce it? Or what how do you I pronounce it? Yeah, no, no, no. How, how do you pronounce it? Jude, I, I say dynasty, yep. There you go. What's wrong with you two? Maybe <laughs> I've completely Americanised myself. Uh, just looking at the stats, Jude, you've got four players in the top 13 of the leading run scorers of the That's year awesome. in, in Kerry, 585. Lazelle Lee, 347. Stalenberg, 338. Elise Villani, 314. Um Batting, obviously, really important in terms of uh, how you establish your team and, 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 and a big reason for, you, for, for your success. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's always been a, a strength of ours, our batting lineup, and this year's been no different. Although, if you ask the top five themselves, um, they'll probably say they're, they're not overly happy with their, their season because other than Nick and Heather just recently on the weekend... Um, yeah, the, there's another three or four of them who haven't had big scores um, and they're all just so hungry for that big score. So, um, yeah, they'll be they'll be striving to bring out a big one in the final. And the, the recruitment of Molly Strano a, a few years ago, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but she came down for the first um, premiership, I think, and has been involved in, if, if this will be the third one that she's been involved in. How how, how important has she been to the squad? And, and I know Molly, she's a great personality, unbelievable sense of humour. Um, yeah, give us a bit of insight into her and, and, and how important she is to the team dynamic. Yeah, she came down that first year along with Elise Villani. They moved down together mm. and um, yeah, they've been huge and Molly, Molly's a key part to this team she's I guess the heart and soul she calls herself the social coordinator um but yeah she's she's really important to this team and uh, we're hoping fingers crossed that she can get through this hand injury and and take the field on Saturday and what's your gut feel on that It, it it it's obviously serious enough to have a proper conversation about it yeah look it's um I'm, I'm probably not that confident. It's a, yep. it's a, um, a broken bone in a hand, which is making it a little bit difficult to bowl for her. So, um, yeah, oh, I mean, she's done. She's played with broken bones before, so you never know with Molly. But uh, this one's 
making it a little bit hard for her to hold on to the ball. So we'll see. Tell us about the the team dynamic, Jude, and, and you've sort of come into this program. Uh, you've been there what, you, you, a couple of years now. Um, what what is what is the real strength of and what and the success that the girls are having? Um, I think one of the the reasons they have such success is they've got a great leader, uh, Elise Villani's and an amazing leader and probably one of the best I've worked with both as a player or or a coach. Um, she yeah, she does an amazing job with the team. But I think overall the main thing is just the the way they train. Uh, I've never had a team who are so deliberate in their training and they're just always um, gain intensity. So I think... Yeah, I think that's a big thing that stands out with them. They're never satisfied. They they always want to get better. And the way they train is just shows that every day. And young Amy Smith is, is a player certainly on the rise. She's been um, completely dominating it and, and uh, picked in at the Australian under-19 team. Uh, talk to us about her development and, and, and where you see her future. Yeah, she's an exciting player. Um, we... We made the conscious decision this year to start giving her a bit more of a go in the side and she's really taken it with both hands and she's one of those ones who really leads the way when it comes to trying to get better every day. She asks so many questions, which is rare for a 19-year-old um, and just, yeah, always looking at how she can, one, get better, but two, add more value to the team, which is a very, very good quality to have. And if, if Molly Strano does miss, is, is Amy someone that, that, that is likely to, to come back into the team? No, unfortunately, Amy's injuries ruled her out for right. um, a little bit longer. Her best, her best case scenario is that she can get up for the 19s tour yep. to Sri Lanka, which happens yep. in April, but she's oh, no sad. chance of, yep. of the final, no. Hey, Jude, good luck. Three in a row is a proper... Well, whether it's a dynasty or dynasty, um, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a serious feat, and we wish you guys all all the best. And I've thoroughly enjoyed watching your cricket this year. Good luck on Saturday. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Go Tigers! Fantastic ever, Brett Jeeves. Three in a row. Golly, that's it'd be it's proper. Yeah, it's proper. Uh, it's it's good cricket, isn't it? Um, it and is. you know, some some exciting young local talent coming through. The under sixteen uh, state team performed yep. uh, quite well against some of the some of the biggest states. Some yes. uh, young lass, um, Mia Barwick, who uh, been able to spend a bit of time without Glenorchy. So Peter Gary, which so daughter Nathan. of Gary. Oh right, yeah. So one of the new Norfolk yes, greats, yes. very exciting football, yeah, all related. Yeah, um, and so Mia is she's just an, an amazing junior talent, unbelievable footballer as yeah, well. Right. She's very skilled, uh, good cricketer. Um, she transitioned from Glenorchy to North Hobart this year to play first grade Premier Women's cricket. Uh, a funniest story: she moved to North Hobart not knowing that there was an age limit. Um, she was. 13 I think and you had to have you know be 13 by a certain date to not have to apply for an exemption to play first grade premier cricket so she had to miss the first week while she waited on that clearance through her through her young age but yeah she you know she was still at Glenorchy from a junior program you know under uh, from under 16 and below she's you know she's right up there in terms of the the talent that's awesome um yeah just an, an extraordinary um young female cricketer so one to keep an eye on there and um you know, I, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up in the system contract, rookie contract of, of the sorts next year. We're on tonight, of course, from my state bank arena, myself, Chris Simons, with you, the Jack Jumpers playing against the Perth Wildcats. I've got a feeling it's a bit, got a bit of a dead rubber feel, but uh, a fascinating concept with the potential of these two teams playing off. We'll go to a break. We might touch on it very briefly. You've been with Flash and Jeevesy all morning. Thanks for joining us. This is Saturdays in Tassie with David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's grey and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you, it's Friday, I'm in love. Hey Brett, just before we go, I've mm. seen here a little tweet here from Josh Duggan. Josh is a political reporter with uh, Seven Taz, saying hearing that ex-Southern Cross reporter and current LAFM host Rob Fares will be running for the Liberals in Bass, which echoes what our man Alex Johnson well, said he, about an hour and a half ago. I think young Josh should have credited Alex yes, with that. Yes, well, I've just made no sure that he's got some credit for yes. that. Yeah, bro, the newsbreaker. The newsbreaker. The Jack Jumpers flash. In a, yeah. We've only got a couple of minutes. We, we Dead rubber, I reckon. Yeah, tonight. then that's fine. We just, that is fine. We want to avoid New Zealand, I reckon. They're the team that... Mm. That are going to give us some different at kittens. home, though. Different at home. I don't think it matters where you play New Zealand. They, they seem to just kind of beat us up a little bit. Very physical. You want Illawarra, I reckon. So that third versus fourth, I think you want Illawarra. But I mean, they're gee, you know, nothing wrong with their form. They're going. It's good competition. It's coming right down the wire. These finals are going to be awesome in the mm. NBL. Mm. It's funny we find ourselves watching all the different games around the country, and there's some rippers, isn't there? been a good season. Alright, will you uh, enjoy yourself? I'm going to have a swim today and I'm going to take all that negative energy about we're not going to have a footy Just team join from us. and join us. No, I'm not Join us down here at ground level. No, no. Get your oh. head out of the clouds, Mate. get off that long neck Brett. of yours and join us down here. It's happening. Oh, be positive. We hope it's it happens. It's going to be a joyous event. We're all going to cuddle each other in a few years. God bless you, David. See you next week.